social emotional learning it's the new way where culturally responsive meets innovation hey resilient ones my name is kristen hopkins founder of the dangers of the my education fund and creator of black sel i'm a social and emotional expert curriculum developer and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of black youth and adults through culturally responsive and affirming resources. Welcome to the Black SEO Podcast, formerly known as Dangers of the Mind. So just a couple of house announcements. Our second annual Black SEL Summit is happening and I'm really excited about it. Um, It's happening September 28th and 29th in Durham, North Carolina at North Carolina Central University. Um, And I believe our early bird tickets have definitely came and gone, Uh, but we are currently still having tickets for sale. We're offering group rates to educators, as well as we still have sponsorship opportunity and vendor opportunities. So if you have a program or a product that speaks to Black children, and it's a social and emotional product, we would love to hear from you. We are also creating a database of Black SEL organizations uh, that we are going to be showcasing on our website. So if you know a program that is a Black-led, please share it with us. I'm very, very excited about uh, that catalog that will be coming out soon and hitting our website. And so this year's conference, we will talk about new trends in Black SEL, uh, new research, and how we propose to fill the gap and reach Black communities with SEL. So we are really excited because we um, have some research in. We've been doing a, a qualitative study for the year, and we are so excited to share all of our findings as well as our new framework and um, and all of our other, um, other things that we wanna share at the summit coming up. So we are looking forward to you being there. You know, all the time we get told as Black people, we are so resilient. We are we overcome obstacles. We continue to push through, but we're actually resilient, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a word that our organization, Dangers of Mind, Dangers of Mind Education Fund, has coined and trademarked because mm-hmm. I truly believe that we've been practicing these skills since we've been born, mm-hmm. right? Since we mm-hmm. came out the womb, because the world was not set up for us to survive as right. African American people. And as we talk about the Black Liberation Movement, there are so many social and emotional skills that these leaders have practiced Mm -hmm. every single day from self-management. You know how much it took for them to be disciplined, to, to, to travel, to pass out newspapers, to share, the, the, the movement work, you know, to organize this work, to, to wake up and say, yep. today I'm still not free, yep. but I'm fighting for people like us to sit on a couch together and be free. Right, right. Because today we still not, what does free look like for us, right? right? But it, it, it's something that we have to really touch on because it's so important to understand in the black community that SEL, social emotional learning skills are in us. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I always say that if you manage or if you know how to manage self-management skills or practice self-management skills, you're gonna be successful mm-hmm. because these skills are organization, time management, discipline, mm-hmm. self-motivation. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Black people, a lot of the times we're intrinsically motivated. Mm-hmm. We don't do things some of us, 
Let's put it out there. Yeah. You may, if you're a black person and you out here just doing stuff to get money and, and the rewards, it's never going to last. Right. But the true activists and the organizers and the folks that are pa passionate, excuse me, about the, what they do, they're doing it for the intrinsic motivation. They're doing it for the internal satisfaction mm -hmm. of what's to come because the money's always going to come. Right. right. There's so many SEO skills that we can pull out, but, but the biggest one, you know, we have to be, of course, self-aware, know who we were, and affirm ourselves every day, and understand mm -hmm. our identity. And we can name so many African-American leaders right. that were our examples, that were our, our roadway, yeah. you know, that were our, our, on our paths, or what we had to look at and read. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for us to know our history so that mm -hmm. we can actually know where we're going or where yeah. we're trying to go. That's important, right? And then when they were finally afforded the opportunity to organize themselves religiously and spiritually. What they claim was not the first like Negro, you know what I'm saying, Baptist church. It was the first African Baptist church. And that's like a reclamation in my mind and also like a, a very clear ringing of a bell of like, yo, there is a significant intentional way yeah. that our ancestors were leaving things behind for us to be able to go back and say, here's, here's who you are, right? And you know, that's so good because when you highlight self-awareness, a lot of people don't understand that a form of self-awareness is, is first identifying your emotions. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about identifying them every month. We're talking about on a daily basis. How am I feeling? So not only did these people have to identify their emotions or our ancestors had to identify their emotions, but then they had to manage them right. to still stay on the course. And then when you think about the aspects of self-awareness, there's a huge piece called self-efficacy. Mm -hmm. So not only did they have to identify their emotions, right? They had to reaffirm themselves of who they were. Mm -hmm. Then they had to say, let me evaluate my performance. Could I have done better today? Mm -hmm. So the next day they wake up and want to do better in the movement, in the struggle. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is in us. It's yeah. in our DNA. It's, it's their resilience. That's it. I love it. I love that you were so transparent about saying that you did not want to be an educator because a lot of times people always have these long stories like my grandma was Asian and we don't bash y'all because that those are really rich history stories right yeah. but then there are other people that don't really say I never wanted to be an educator and me too I never wanted to be an educator right um, I think that God threw me into this not think I believe and I know that God threw me into the educational field because I was needed and called to be in the space um, so I'm very thankful and very honored to be able to serve in this this capacity in this role so explain to us what it looks like to be a black educator in today's society i mean you have you know you got teach for america you were principal like you know the black educational space mm -hmm. so just explain to us what does that look like today I'm going to continue to disrupt the monolith right and say that the black educator experience it's different for different people based on what their black experience is um, and what they've been exposed to. And um, I would say that to be an, a black educator often requires that you prove yourself over and over again. Come on. Um, and so regardless of where you fall mm -hmm. and that, that uh, black educators generally show up in a space where they have to prove to other people mm -hmm. why they are there. Mm -hmm. Um how they know what they know, mm -hmm. um, why they make the decisions that they make in the classroom in ways that um, I have not experienced other people having to do. I think it is a, uh, it's also sharing both the burden of existing mm -hmm. 
as a black person in a society that does not value blackness. Come on. Um, and pouring into continuously mm-hmm. other black educators, black students, black families um, who also don't necessarily feel seen, valued, or heard in that space. Mm-hmm. And I think it is one of the most profound acts of service um, that a black person can give in our society um, is to be black and to teach black children Mm -hmm. um to teach all children because i think all children can benefit from black educators and i think there is an added benefit um to black teachers teaching black children oh absolutely you Um, see the stats yeah statistics yeah they graduate you know over the amounts if when they have a black teacher yeah, I, but both like representation, but when you get a black teacher who like sees you, um, it's 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 a different different world. I had a black teacher in third grade. I'll remember it forever. Mm. Um, like yeah. the the way that she saw me mm-hmm. and cultivated my talents um, and held me accountable mm. um, changed my life. And at the third grade, and I, and I did get to see many black teachers. Uh, but that was the first one that stood out. And then there was a plethora mm-hmm. of other ones in various wow. capacities um, that stood out to me. I believe that a lot of black people do not know their history mm-hmm. and we just out here, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's important that we need to mention and we need to, this is a safe space for mm-hmm. black people. And I'm going to be the first one to say, I still struggle this day with who are my allies mm-hmm. and who are not? Mm-hmm. Because in this movement work, in this you know activist work, in this liberation fight, right? Mm-hmm. There are people that come around, and white supremacy is very alive and well, mm-hmm. as we know, and they look like they support, or they want to utilize you when it's meaningful for them, mm-hmm. and that is a form of manipulation. Right. And white people have been doing that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so as a, someone that practices social awareness, you know, we're supposed to practice empathy and perspective taking and mm-hmm. appreciating diversity. And sometimes that can be hard when I feel like my perspective ain't looking nowhere near your perspective, right? right? right. Or why should I consider your perspective when you never consider mine, right? right? And there's a lot of people, black people, that are out here mad and angry, mm-hmm. especially with what we just have been seeing right. happening. Police brutality continues that, and we cannot get a break. Right. So when we talk about social awareness, mm-hmm. you know, I will say this is this is a, a piece that I believe black people need to heal and yeah. we need to create safe spaces like this to have these type of conversations yep. to say how do we continue to practice social awareness in a very true, genuine way. And I want to bring up a book I'm reading at the at the dark end of the street, Black Women, Race and Resistance mm-hmm. is a new history of civil rights movement for Rosa Parks to the rise of black power. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. But it's very triggering. And so what it talks about is all the different forms of manipulation when it comes to how white men were raping black women. Mm-hmm. And it talks about around the Rosa Parks era mm-hmm. and Rosa Parks' life. Mm-hmm. And it made me really feel like when we talk about allyship, when we think about this work that we're doing, mm-hmm. how do we protect ourselves in the realm of, the, of, of social awareness, right? right? We can be aware, but how are we continuing to build healthy relationships continuing to be healthy doing healthy practicing healthy empathy right Mm -hmm. practicing healthy um ways to appreciate diversity and we are struggling with 
you don't know my story. Mm-hmm. You can't ever feel my story. Yeah. You may try to perspective take, but what's that really gonna do? Right. Because you're never gonna really understand. Right. Right. So, so you know, if you have any comments on that, let me know. And then yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like a lot yes. of that is, um, you know, I think self awareness, social emotional learning, and that development process, we have to be. Uh, intentional about who and what we're doing it for mm-hmm. um, you know and I think that like you know when we understand the history of this country uh, and history of white supremacy around the world mm-hmm. like it's not our job um, I don't believe it's our job as black people yeah. as br- brown people as people of color in this world to teach white people how to not be racist mm. right it's not yeah. our job our job is the is the work is to deal with ourselves, right? Like deal with ourselves and work on ourselves. I heard an artist on Instagram talking about something similar, where it's like you know we're not creating the art to show you or showcase ourselves and our difference, right? Right? We're creating the art because it's who we are, mm-hmm. right? And I think that be like when we tap into this kind of concept of Black SEL, I like to think of it is as a thing. Um, you know, much like many other things, kind of like it's it's the, the theory has come from the experience, mm. right? And so the SEL, the concept, the idea of it existed long before they oh. named it what it was, right? And when you think about our communities going through as much trauma as we've been through at the hands of like white supremacy and white supremacist systems, for us to have the resilience to be able to still hold on to faith so hold on to cultural practices, to still build community, to still want to, to want to have that, right? That takes a certain amount of social emotional development that's intrinsic and it's inherent in the in the DNA of who we are, right? And so I think that like when we think about it, you know, our SEL development mm-hmm. is for ourselves. Yeah. It's for our community. Yeah. And it's Crazy. it's like it's us letting the world know like this has changed. Yep. Y'all are y'all are operating on some old stuff. Mm-hmm. We on this new stuff. This you know what I'm saying? And but this new stuff that's already been in us. Exactly. And we just bring it into the forefront. Exactly. Yeah. But I think you really do see those things, personal holiness, social justice, and spiritual power uh, really being emphasized uh, really across the black church experience, even before we had denominations, right? Uh, you know, back when, you know, when when enslaved Africans um, were coming into encounters with Jesus. Um, and I think, Kristen, what many people don't understand, but they should, because many people who think, oh, well, Christianity, that's, the, you know, that's the white man's religion. You know, we just took the faith of the slave masters and I understand people's frustrations, but it's just really not rooted in history. Number one, many of the slaves who came over on on those African, I'm sorry, enslaved Africans, uh, Mm -hmm. because, of course, their identity was not slave, but but that, that was their condition. Um, but many who came over on those slave ships, many of them were already Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Now, not all of them, not the majority. Some were Muslims. Some, you know, were uh, kind of practitioners of traditional African religions. Uh, but many of them were also Christians. So they had a relationship with Christ before slavery was ever even introduced. And then, of course, once they got here, a lot of people think that that the enslavement establishment in America was systematically trying to convert black people, but they weren't. In, in, in many cases, they were trying to keep black people from converting because they knew okay if they convert there's going to be a consciousness and even an expectation of freedom equality and liberation because if we're because
because if they're a Christian like we're a Christian, then they're going to be able to say, hey, you can't enslave me because I'm your Christian brother. I'm your Christian sister. So many slave masters were trying to keep black people from coming to Christ. You know, so I think there's a lot of history in that that people don't understand. And so when we talk about the faith of the black church, the reason why. I would venture to say that black people's faith is, you know, even statistically, black people are kind of more religiously committed Mm -hmm. um, than people of, you know, potentially other races. And it's because our faith was formed in fire, uh, you know, in in, in, in the crucible of, of, of oppression, of enslavement, of discrimination we had a real experience with the real Jesus Christ. Um, And it has carried us through even to this time. And so, you know, that I think is really kind of some of the foundation, you know, of of the black church that we're built on now. 